Welcome to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. This show plugs you into grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Today is Cyber Monday. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Last Friday was Black Friday. So tonight, we're going to dive into the connection between your dollars and local businesses and nonprofits. We've got John and Pete Saltis from City Weekly and their Best of Utah issue and party on Thursday at the Gateway. Shopping local with Local First Utah's Kristen Lavalette, who will run the number on what happens when you spend your dollars locally versus online. And once you know these numbers, folks, you can't unknow this stuff. So we hope you put it to use as you go about your holidays. Kate Rubakava of the Utah Nonprofits Association will join me via Zoom with some tips on getting to know the organizations you give to and, and why it matters that you know them. And we'll wrap the show with first person. I'll be passing the mic to Noah Shaw. He's a Hillcrest junior high student, one of nine in the country to serve as a youth after school ambassador. So stick around and find out what that's all about. To get us going, Radioactive continuing to shine a light on folks getting up to good trouble in the community. So how about a woman trying to put a coat on every kid that needs one? Let's pass the microphone and find out more. Hi, I'm Julia Jones, and um, my family and I founded Every Kid in a Coat. First of all, no relation here, right? Laura Jones, Julia Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> as far as we're aware, folks. But uh, I came across Every Kid in a Coat through a story on KSL, looked up your GoFundMe, and you have a very modest goal with a huge impact in the community. What are you trying to do? We are trying to make a difference for one kid, one kid who matters a lot. And there may be you know, 90,000 of those one kids in our state, but each one is an individual. And if we can just put a a coat on on one, we're making a difference. And since um, there are so many kids in our community without coats, you know, it's it's hard to put a number or an actual goal on, okay, how many uh, dollars are we trying to raise? How many coats are we trying to get? Because we really... I don't think we could ever raise too much or or get too many coats. I'm guessing this just started out as you and your family and friends, and it's starting to pick up some steam. You have a modest GoFundMe goal of $7,500. You're almost there. What is that going to enable you to do? So this is going to help us um, just purchase as many coats as we can for these kids. And um, we're working with the schools to figure out which schools need how many coats and um That's basically the goal. We'll put a link in the show notes to the GoFundMe, but you're working with schools. So what area of the state are you operating in? So right now we're uh, in the Jordan School District is where we're starting. So Salt Lake County, they have, um, I believe, eight Title I elementary schools. So it's um, just in one school district. There is such a big need right now. Title I indicating how many families may need assistance uh, with meals, et cetera. And so coats more than likely in need as well. Um, When are you hoping to have this done? You know, um, we are going through the end of January. We know that the kids are going to need coats even after Christmas time. And so we hope to be able to just continue through through the holidays and through that month of January and hope to be able to just get as many as we can. So your GoFundMe, obviously monetary donations, but you also will accept 
gently used coats or even new ones that folks get and want to get to you? How can they do that? That's right. Yes. Um, so if people want to donate money, there's the GoFundMe and uh, my Venmo account. But if they want to donate coats, we have a couple of drop-off locations. You can email every kid in a coat at gmail.com to find out. We have a couple in Utah County and then one in Davis County and then one in Salt Lake County. And then you'll, if you have more coats than you have kids to get them to, you'll be working across, I'm guessing, county and school board lines to find kids who need coats. For sure. We will be getting all of our coats that we gather and we will be getting them to kids who need them. Well, Julia, we'd love to hear back in January about how it goes and how many coats you're able to give to kids, okay? I love it. Thank you so much. And that is Julia Jones. Check tonight's show notes for a link to her family's project, Every Kid in a Coat. I've also got it listed on our blog post about the different organizations to which you can donate food or clothing or gifts this holiday season. You'll find that list on one of the sliders on our homepage at krcl.org. All right, that was a much more pleasant conversation than anything about COVID, but I'm sure you've seen the headlines, the latest variants starting to circle the globe. I checked in for an update with the Salt Lake County Health Department earlier today. Let's pass the microphone. My name is Gabe Moreno. I'm a spokesman for the Salt Lake County Health Department. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So uh, I understand that Dr. Dunn, the head of the County Health Department, is on the horn of the CDC getting all the latest on this. You have a bit of info to help us understand what's happening. It's another variant, but uh, the news seems to be alarming, although at the time of recording this, a president has come out and said it's cause for concern but not panic. What's the latest, Gabe? Right, right. So the latest, what we know is we're not aware of the Omicron variant being identified yet anywhere in the United States. Um, And we are still learning about the severity of illness that it may cause. Uh, Same with its transmissibility and its susceptibility to the vaccine. Um, What we also know is that a full series of the vaccine plus a booster uh, remains the, the most effective way to protect yourself and those around you from serious illnesses. Um, all signs at the moment indicate that it, the existing vaccines will provide some protection against this new variant. Um, what we don't know is that the degree of protection uh, that is currently uncertain, but vaccines are still proven to prevent significant illness and death from all variants known to date. So that's something that uh, we can we can um, find comfort in. So folks should get on coronavirus.utah.gov and find out where they can get their vaccination, their booster, or get tested, and basically maintain the vigilance that we have come to expect in the world right now, Gabe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in addition to vaccination, it's still very important uh, to mask up when you're in public, regardless of your vaccination status. Ensure that you're... Um, maintaining good hygiene, practicing physical distancing, and if you're sick, uh, stay at home, isolated, and get tested. What's the website for the county health department, Gabe? Our website is saltlakehealth.org. Gabe Moreno of the Salt Lake County Health Department. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive. Stick around to hear about the best of Utah headlines with John and Pete Saltis from City Weekly. To get us from here to there, I got headlines. John Fogarty, right here on KRCL. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones. After a four-day food hangover, it's time to look ahead 
to the holiday season and lots of things happening from art walks to parties to shopping local. And at the heart of that, to help me sort it out, I've got two gentlemen from City Weekly, our alternative newspaper in Salt Lake. John and Pete Saltis, how are you? Hi, Laura. Always good to see you. It's been uh, too long. Every time I see you, it's been too long. <laughs> never often enough. Hey, Pete. Hey, Laura. Good to see you, too. Before, Always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Before we got going, you told me you have a tradition, Pete, that you do every Thanksgiving. And down at the Greek church, Holy Trinity, 3rd South, 3rd West, you went down and helped cook food for our community members who are living on the streets. Mm-hmm. How how was the turnout? I, I actually want to hear that it was really low, which would mean one thing. Really high means another. But either way, some folks got fed. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's never really low. I think we made something like 2,000 plates between people that come in, uh, additional plates for takeout for those same people to leave with, and then a bunch of deliveries. So it's, you know, it's 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 a community effort, but it's it's not just for people of need. It's you know people that don't have family. We deliver to a bunch of people in the community that just want a warm turkey for dinner. You know what I mean? So it's it's a uh, it's good to do. It's something that my dad had my myself and my siblings do since we were about. I think I, the first time I went was five years old. So it's just been a tradition for that long. Um, just something I've gotten a habit of doing. John, and, uh, that's a good family tradition there. Well, I started taking them down there when they were little. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm glad I did because as I got older, I couldn't stand around and do the work any longer. But there were, the, you know, the little guys were down there like cutting pie, could barely see over the table. And I think later Pete might have and Lenny might have... Uh, Delivered to tables. I don't know, but now Pete's on full on like he's the oven master, so all of the food that gets cooked is is through Pete, and it's a big deal to us. Uh, giving back, it shouldn't be a one day a year thing, and it's not with us. And uh, uh, but Thanksgiving is special, and and uh, we're we're happy to partake. Our, the community, the Greek community, the larger Greek community, has done a great job with it, and now it's even larger than that. There's so many volunteers that come from all over. Uh, you know, Pete knows all different leagues and churches and everything represented. It's a very, very healthy event. Well, there's lots of folks this time of year that you can spot doing this work, and there's folks that do it year-round. It's that sense of community that I, I kind of wanted to talk about because Best of Utah is back, and City Weekly, you know, calling on its readers to help them decide what's best of Utah. And you got a big party coming up on December 2nd, Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is our annual Best of Utah party. Uh, had to take a year off like everything else last year, but we're bringing it back. You've been before. It's it's uh, kind of a big deal. There's In the past, there was 1,500-something people there, but we're, we're cutting tickets down this year, just cutting attendance down just to keep everybody – you know, not in the shoulder to shoulder space that we've, <laughs> these parties can be before. It'll be a good party though. Um, we've got 20 something vendors between food and drink, all representing local brands. And, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of our friends in the community from, you know, you guys, hopefully Laura, and then, oh yeah, you know, bars, restaurant owners, politicians, whatever, you know, everybody in between. So best of Utah, John, something to really highlight local. And we just came off of you know, Black Friday into Saturday's Shop Small Biz Saturday. Here we are on Cyber Monday. And the thing that keeps sticking in my head, John Saltis, is that a dollar spent locally circulates three times. 
Whereas um, you, you shop at a big box store, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying don't go there. I'm just saying know where your dollar goes, John. Well, that's always been our mantra. These guys know, and many people that know me know. I, I, uh, I, I choose local every time I can. And, and you're right, you can't do it every time. But I, I absolutely don't go out and seek something that I could get even at a lesser price if there's a local doing it. It's an, so I, I, I know that mantra. We, we practice it. We, we are supported by local merchants. 95, 98% of our revenues are local. Of course, we want to give back to those people. And what we've learned through like Best of Utah and other things we've done, we've created this community of people who share equally, equally among each other. We're happy as, as hell to support KRCL and all of your, your drives and, and other people in this community who can uh, benefit from that community. And uh, happy to know, I don't, I don't know that statistic exactly, but three times spin on a dollar is, is a big deal. I'm an old business reporter. What can I say? Yeah, blame right. George, blame George right. Gregerson. George <laughs> caught you well. You know, it's probably 3.3 by now. Yeah. You, right. But uh, yeah, it, it's just an amazing statistic. And, and, more reason than ever to support local because these guys are coming out of COVID now. And some of them, Pete can tell you, are a little bit more healthy than they were even a year and a half ago. And some of them are still on the cusp. And uh, we don't know where we are. We're always on the cusp, Laura. I mean, I've known you since Pete was an infant. Uh-huh. So uh, you know we're on the cusp all the time. You saw our old, our first office. <laughs> you saw our first best of Utah. Yeah. And so... Uh, this is just an amazing uh, time for us to, to try to get through it and help everybody through it and hopefully survive through it ourselves. Well, KRCL, very honored to be among some of the best of picks this time around. But maybe Pete and John, you can highlight a few that you want to shout out. I know you can't do justice to all of it, but I'm sure you have a couple you want to share. Well, mine always would default to Worst Utah Mike Lee. Uh, I shouldn't say always default there, but uh, he, he's a deserved candidate if there ever was one. Uh, and so, we, of course, he's invited to the party. We know he won't be there. So. <laughs> to pick up his award. <laughs> yeah. The best so, worst. Okay. Yeah. And best scandal. So, but no, beyond that, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to try to think through all of the categories, but there are so many, there were surprises in this year. I'll t- say one, uh, Brick's Corner Pizza, uh, they won best pizza and, and it's like, they were only in business a year. And, and they did over, you know, a long stalwart try uh, the pizzeria. That was an amazing one to me. Um, but many, many others. We didn't have the category of best female vocalist. Which <laughs> it's been ages, but thank you for that uh, that throwback Thursday, even though it's not Thursday. <laughs> Pete, do you have any standout? Well, we did have a we did have a best one of our staff picks was best angelic voice and that was michelle moonshine so oh i agree with that one there There you go um other than that laura like you're gonna get me in trouble if i because i like the bars and restaurants so if i say (laughs) somebody i'm gonna leave somebody out but uh you know we've got over 370 picks between our staff picks and readers picks but um no i think my dad's right the pie kind of surprised me i found that out after the issue came out i just, I just assumed that's been winners for yeah and they're they're in our hall of fame and everything but yeah. like it's like i it, those kind of things happen i mean cultural things change and people get behind the marketing effort of their own to broadcast on social media please vote for us please vote for us mm-hmm. and so every year there's a kind of an upset 
honored always. Red Iguana, I just always treasure everything they do. They won again. Uh, I can say that without any kind of prejudice. Uh, love those people. Yeah, yeah. Um, another locally that, uh, you know, I think shouting out a little bit to our sponsors. I don't know who they all are. I won't get them all right, but Young Automotive Group won Best uh, Company to Work For. Um, but they are excellent people. If you think of driving any kind of new vehicle these days, Young Automotive would be the place. <laughs> get that Seriously, plug they in. Are, they are really, really fine supporters of what we do. Lucky 13, huge good hearts over at Lucky 13. How about, who are the other sponsors on there? I, I, Legends is in. They're Leg- going to help out great, the party. Great bunch of people. They have so yeah. much fun at Legends. And Ogden Zone. Ogden Zone. Yeah. Well, they were so great with our quarantine cocktails. Um, That's right. And one of the things that I like about picking up Best of Utah is that I know that the winners, I, I know folks you know, say, hey, vote for me, vote for my business, vote for my company. But really, they wouldn't have people voting for them if they didn't have these relationships with their customers. And that's what you get when you shop local. And if you're trying, you're new to town, you want to find out where things are, you pick up a, a Best of Utah. If you're thinking, oh, I want to try something new, you pick up a Best of Utah and you've got these great reviews that you can, uh, to a certain degree, can say, these are vouched for, Pete. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh I think that kind of shows itself in the in the period right after the Best of Utah comes out. There's there's a lot of we we saw it on social media. People posted pictures, emailing us. I got we got a handful of handwritten letters, which are great too. So across Smell all man. mediums, people <laughs> have been thanking us for for what we do, which is really great. And that's why I don't really want to pick on a single category to pick somebody out because there's places I've never heard of that are tagging city weekly as a thank you and everything. And there are places that I'd like to try out too. But mm. I mean, we, it was just circulating through the community last week and it was really cool to see it made it, you know, for us makes it like, okay, this is, this is why we do this. <laughs> it's not always fun the rest of the year, but this year's kind of uh, one of those that makes it worthwhile for sure. Well, are there any tickets left for the general public and how can they get them? A few tickets. We've, uh, like I said, we, we cut down the attendance pretty significantly. So I think we've got like 80 tickets left. Um, Maybe. It's this Thursday. uh, It's this Thursday. Just for just so you know the perspective of it. When Pete says we've cut it down, that's kind of a generic term, but like when we had 1500 in 2019, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, that's how many tickets were in in the wild, uh, whether they all came or not. But you, if you were there, you, you'd think most of them did come. And then, uh, but we we want to have, who knows, around 500 or slightly above that this year. So that's 30 to 40 percent maxed out of capacity in a giant room. So you know, uh, hopefully that creates some safe spacing and so on. We'll, we'll abide by the, the rules of the county, which recommends uh, wearing mask. That's not a requirement. And if you're you're vaxxed, please uh, enjoy the show. And if you're not vaxxed, probably won't enjoy being there. Thank you. I was going to bring that up with the Omicron in the news out of South Africa today. I think people are getting a little leery again. I'm just kind of curious as the two of you watch this and know what the hospitality community has gone through since March of 2020. How is that landing? Anybody Talking to you about that over the holiday. Anybody worried, Pete or John? Well, it came up fast. I mean, this is only less than a week old news. I don't think it originated in South Africa. That's merely where it was discovered. So it's it's spreading pretty quickly. It's showing up on all the continents already. 
but you know, in, from the perspective of someone who believes in science, and I do, uh, that was to be expected. They said all along there would be variants. There are variants of the flu every year. I mean, I've had Asian flu, Hong Kong flu, uh, whatever flu, swine flu. They've all been around. This is no different than any other flu or coronavirus virus. So, of course, they're going to come. The shame of it is, is people who actively do not participate in trying to help by remaining unvaxxed, condemning those who are trying to mitigate this and saying, see, vaccines don't work. The, the two aren't even conjunctive relationships, they're not. And, and it really, really is disappointing to watch that happen, that other people's misery becomes someone else's political gain. And that is just off the charts to me. I don't get it. Uh, we, 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 we will, you know, of course we're cautious about this kind of stuff and we're wary, but like most Americans, we can't just stop. And we can only do the precautions that are uh, enacted and abide by the precautions that are given to us by smarter people than us and, uh, and go from there. But we are doing our best to, you know, we'll have hand sanitizer out and stuff like that, although we don't ever hear about that any longer as a need. It's masks and vaccine and social distance. It's always been that. Um, you know me, Laura. Yep. Uh, I'm not a sheep. Mm -hmm. And so I'm resentful of anybody who ever says, oh, he's a sheep. He's going along with the sheep or whatever. You know, screw that. No. I'm a person that cares about other people. Therefore, I'm, you know, I'd rather tell people I have been vaccinated than them read about that I'm not vaccinated by reading my obituary in the paper. Yeah. All these people who say that, uh, I'm not going to tell if it's HIPAA rules or some stupid thing like that, which it's not, to reveal if you're vaccinated or not. Um, and they won't reveal it. And then their obituary says it. Yeah. Is that dumb or what? Well said, John. And I've never known you to be a shrinking violet. So thank you for putting it all out there. Pete, what are you hearing? Uh, you know, it has been a pretty short turnaround, I think, uh, between when we found out and when we were all at home with our families over the weekend. But I, I don't think it's any different than when the Delta variant came out. I think you'll see a this is me without talking to people yet, Lara. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of seeing patterns here there might be a little slowdown for some folks in the next week or so mm -hmm. and then you know i think people will start to come back out out yeah. again i think people retrench and then dip their toes back in um we saw that with like the i don't even know i mean if we're at omicron already we're we're making our way through the entirety of the greek alphabet so I don't know how <laughs> okay so how do i say this it. letter of the greek alphabet is it omicron 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 you got to roll the r yeah omicron omicron which means omicron. the small the small, yeah. Omicron. Micro, small, the small. So, uh, like, the Omega. Small, oh. Yeah. The, the big one, Omega, is the last. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't to, we don't want to get to Omega. No, we do yeah. not. Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, 32 years of Best of Utah, right? Yeah, and that was the page count on our first one. 32 pages. There we go. You remember JR? JR and I oh, stayed yeah. at JR Rupel. JR Rupel. <laughs> he was our he, he, people who don't know. He was uh, founder, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, the essence of Slug Magazine. He, he really had a thing going there, uh, uh, in terms of like real good, hard attitude guy, right? And the, the stuff in Slug was excellent back then. Getting it and, off the ground. And, you and bet. I'm not saying it's changed so much, but when he started it, it was really. 
like, holy God. Uh, anyway, he was our production manager. He and I spent basically 24 hours trying to make a dummy for 32 pages. And then we had to lay it out. And he was building all the ads. And uh, What was that, like on a original Mac? Those little yeah, tiny screens? Little, like, with the, when, you, when you turn it on, you get the smiley face. Yeah, not much and, bigger than your phone. Uh-uh. And then I don't remember how we printed out the pieces of it but, and pasted it together. But, yeah, it took forever to get that first issue mm -hmm. out. Well, gentlemen, see you at Best of Utah Thursday night. What's the website where people can find out more, Pete, and pick up tickets? Uh, cityweeklystore.com. And then our Best of Utah issue is always on cityweekly.net. Pete Saltis and John Saltis of City Weekly. Check tonight's show notes for a link. And thank you to everyone out there who voted KRCL Listeners Community Radio of Utah into a couple of best of categories. We really appreciate it because guess what? We can't do any of this without you. And on the heels of Best of Utah with City Weekly, I wanted to talk a bit more about Shopping Local and Kristen Lavalette from Local First Utah now joining me over Zoom to talk about that a bit more. And Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Absolutely. Especially after Shop Small Biz Saturday and the the local crawl, the virtual crawl. Tell us how it went over the weekend to this kickoff to the holiday season, shopping season. You know, from what we can see, things uh, went really well. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm out in the community, uh, both from shoppers and from businesses. And what we're excited about uh, with the way we positioned the Shop Small Crawl this year is that it's one in a series of events and campaigns that we're hosting uh, through November, December, uh, just to help people re-engage and reconnect with our small business community. There's the Craft Lake City holiday market at the Monarch in Ogden this weekend. There's a bunch of them kicking off this weekend, plus pop-ups with Salt Lake City Arts Council, uh, doing the pop-ups to spread out a bit more, given that we are still in a pandemic and the news about the latest variant starting to really hit people's radar as we start the week. What are you hearing from folks about that concern, just as we were thinking, oh, we're starting to get a handle, Kristen? You know, personally, um, I haven't heard anything from our business community just yet, but I trust that they will, uh, you know, make the right choices that they have throughout the course of this pandemic to uh, protect their employees, to protect their customers. Um, and hopefully those of us who really value our small business community um, will meet them there uh, with that same respect that we have through the course of the season. Yeah, that mutual respect is something to keep in mind all year round, but it seems to be getting tested during this pandemic <laughs> and the conversations of our masks, not masks, vax, not maxed. Anyway, I wanted to talk with you a bit more about the the data of a dollar spent locally versus at a big box store online. Right. So this is one of our favorite little factoids that we get to share all the time. And it comes from what we call our Utah study series. Uh, and so this is a study that analyzed small businesses in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and also Wayne County. So a very rural part of the state. And we found that for every dollar spent with a locally owned independent business, four times more of that dollar stays here. So the nuts and bolts of that, the real numbers, is about 55%. So 55 cents on the dollar stays in Utah. And that's impressive enough on its own, but you, when you compare that to how much stays when you buy from a big box retailer, whether you're buying uh, you know, from one of their brick and mortar stores or you're buying from them online, it's only about 13% that stays in Utah's economy uh, when you buy from a big box retailer. And if you are buying from... Um, the biggest box of them all, <laughs> the uh, the giant 
that is Amazon, what I typically say is uh, the amount of good that you're doing for our community is about the same as lighting your money on fire. You also have another great line about the person who heads that. So when well, you when you yes. shop locally, you said 55% of that dollar stays in the community. Right. A brick and mortar, big box like Walmart, 15%. How much of it stays in Utah if you shop on Amazon? Um, well, there's no numbers <laughs> because we can't measure that. But ultimately, when um, you shop with a locally owned business, uh, what's really important to remember, whether it's 55 cents, less, more, anything in between, uh, what happens when you buy from an independent business is that your hard-earned money becomes their hard-earned money. And they continue to use that money in our local economy. So that's why that what we call that multiplier effect is that 55% that stays here, that's money that they are spending again and again in our economy. It's money um, that they uh, use for um, wages for their employees. It's money to purchase other goods and services from other small businesses. It's things like hiring a web developer and a local accountant. It's all of those pieces that come into play. So that money continues to work really on your behalf as well, because it also paves our roads. It pays for our employee, our, our emergency responders. It keeps our parks beautiful. And as that money works on your behalf, you know, what it's not doing is sending some rich man into space. Thank you. I was waiting for that line because the press conference on opening day of Winter Market, which was still at Pioneer Park a couple weeks back, you you said that one out loud. And um, if you heard someone laugh really hard out loud, that was me. So <laughs> it was it was it was good. And it drives home a point about how you spend your dollars matters. I don't want to guilt people into shopping local right. if they don't feel it. But just to being once, you know, you can't unknow this fact. Right. I think that's something that I really like to try to express uh, you know, any opportunity I have to speak on our behalf of our businesses and even with our business community is there's sometimes this notion of buying locally or, or, or buying from a small business almost as an act of charitable giving. But that's not the case at all. This is this is how our economy was founded. This is how our economy is designed to work. So when you are buying from an independent business, you're not just giving your money to someone nice, you're investing in your own future. You are in, you are increasing your own quality of life. Now, this Choose Salt Lake City program that you were there to kick off a couple weeks yeah. ago at the Winter Market is underway. Remind folks what that's about. Yeah, so you can check out ChooseSaltLakeCity.com, and it will give you um, just a great picture of lots of different uh, things that are going on in, in Salt Lake City. So we partnered with um, Salt Lake City Mayor Mendenhall. We partnered with the Economic Development Department, the Arts Council, the Downtown Alliance, Sugar House Chamber, just a great number of, of folks who really care about our small business community. And what we wanted to offer was this idea. Like I said, when, you are, when you're buying locally, you're making a choice of how you're spending your money. You're investing in our community. So not just shopping locally, not just consumer goods, not just things to purchase, but events, um, arts and culture opportunities to just, uh, you know, go down to the Gallivan and go ice skating and look at the Christmas lights and, and really feel like you are part of a neighborhood and a community. So that's what Choose Salt Lake City is all about. But you are local first Utah. So are there other things like this percolating across the state? Ogden has some incredible programs. Their historic 25th Street is always a perfect um, holiday destination. You know, it's one of the just most charming streets, I think, in the state. 
Um, Cedar City also has wonderful things. They have a really great, there's a, there's a little uh, a neighborhood there with IG Winery and uh, Centro Wood-Fired Pizza, which is, in my opinion, some of the best pizza in the whole state. Um, and a lot of our small towns, Helper Utah does an annual Christmas parade. And there's a lot of these places that just have this incredible amount of charm. And that charm is because it's, it's people in the community getting together and creating something. Well, what's the website where folks can catch up with your organization and everything we talked about? Localfirst.org. And on Instagram and Facebook, we're simply at Local First Utah. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Kristen Lavalette of Local First Utah. Do check tonight's show notes for a link to the organization and the programs we talked about that can help you shop local. When we come back, we're going to talk Giving Tuesday and how to support the nonprofits, the causes in our community that you care about. This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. All right, we've been talking about shopping small and local, but what about giving? Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, and to find out more about that, I've got Kate Rubicava from the Utah Nonprofits Association on our Zoom session. Hey, Kate, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm wonderful. So good to chat with you about Giving Tuesday and the nonprofits in our community. All right. So Giving Tuesday popped up a couple years back, kind of a way to focus people this time of year, end of year charitable giving. But what is it really about, Kate? It is about building community and supporting the nonprofits that you know, love, and trust. And there's how many nonprofits in Utah? Oh, over 10,000, way more than I think any of us uh, realize that are doing critical work in our communities. And each and every one of those nonprofits need our charitable donations. They need it regardless, but COVID has put a, a, an additional strain on them too. Absolutely. Every one of us that are working in nonprofit land um, show up to work every single day. We're committed to serving our missions. And COVID has really propelled nonprofits to have to think differently about the way that we do our work, uh, the way that we engage. We have added costs. We also are in a situation where um, you know, we're serving more people because the need is greater because of all of the economic challenges that we're facing in our community. So, you know, we have a greater need to be able to get the charitable dollars rolling in. Hear a lot about what the American Recovery Plan can do for businesses, for infrastructure. Are nonprofits included in this uh, potential largesse coming from our government, which is yes. coming from us? I, I say that yeah. and go, wait a minute, it's coming from us. Yes, it is our tax dollars and nonprofit organizations have been included in government relief packages uh, throughout the pandemic, which is wonderful. And that's because of the collective work that we do at, at the Utah Nonprofits Association across the country. But also as we think about this infrastructure money that is coming to the state, there is um, money that is earmarked for a lot of the human services nonprofit organizations that serve our communities. So there is some of that money coming through, um, but you know, nonprofits really exist in a space where we rely on our community to help support our work through charitable donations. And then we rely on the commitment of the private sector to also support us. And then also there's that um, wing of also connecting with government so that they can help support us as well. So nonprofits are really in a, a sweet spot to exist and serve and really partner in multiple ways. 
So Giving Tuesday, November 30th, it's a call to support nonprofits. What should I, as a potential donor to a nonprofit, look for in terms of um, deciding that this is a, a, a nonprofit that does what it says it does and is wise with the money it gets? Well, I think the biggest thing to think about is you're already, Laura, let's, let's just talk about Laura. Okay. Right? You're already <laughs> aware of nonprofits that you know, love, and trust, right? You're already um, communicating with them in some way. You're either volunteering with them. You're shopping at um, some of their um, social enterprises. You're, you're engaging in that way. So the first place that I like to let, that I like to direct folks is to think about those organizations you know, love, and trust. You know them. They're already your friends. You're following them on social media. You probably already know their staff. And those are the first places that we should be turning to. I mean, if we know, love, and trust a nonprofit organization, then we know and trust that the donations that we give to them are being spent in a meaningful way because we're following their work. We're engaged in some way. So that's the, the number one place for someone to start. There's also something called 990s if you want to get into the weeds of a nonprofit organization and see how they spend the money that they have in their budget. That's something to look for on a website. And that transparency is also peace of mind, I think, Kate. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. And, you know, if anybody wants to geek out over 990s on your gal, um, you can look at administrative expenses that are spent, programming expenses, uh, the fundraisers that are done, the uh, the charitable dollars that do come into an organization are all visible on the 990, as well as um, the salaries of the highest paid staff. And just like KRCL, which is Listeners Community Radio of Utah, a nonprofit, you're a nonprofit. What's your website? And can people look up other nonprofits there and get connected? We are at utahnonprofits.org. We're also on most of your social media and nonprofits or folks can come to UNA and learn about the critical work that we're doing because like KRCO, uh, UNA is a nonprofit organization. Um, and really, if folks are looking for other nonprofits, I'm going to suggest your search engine, honestly, that you go there and, and look for organizations. Um, you know, as charitable nonprofits in the state, we are all encouraged to make available our 990s on our websites and our financial documents so that anybody can take a look at where the money is coming in and how it's being spent. And that's really the best place for, for folks to get engaged is, you know, uh, look on a search engine, type in the name of an organization, look on social media, really follow their work. And what about this Gold Star Navigator uh, ranking and things like that? Well, um, through, you know, it's it's formally called Guide Star. Thank you. And, I was getting it wrong. Yeah. So here, let me pick that up. What about what about good housekeeping seals of approvals? Is there something to look for along those lines? Yeah, I you know, I, I struggle with answering this one particular question because I don't want it to um, give anybody a red flag if you happen to look on GuideStar and you don't see a gold star for a nonprofit that you know, love, and trust. I think that there are additional ways that you can look to make sure that it's an organization that's legit and spending your money in the way that you feel should be spent. And that is going to the website, following them on social media, looking at their um, financials, meaning their 990 and their audited financials from a, a certified audit certified auditor, um, auditing firm, and 
really like also having that conversation with the staff at the organization and talk to them about where their money is being spent. You could look at their annual reports. And, and I think that as consumers, it's really incumbent on us to make sure that our money is being spent in the best way possible, right? I mean, we do that when we're trying to buy gifts for our loved ones this holiday season, but also as we're trying to find clothes and shoes and electronics for our own personal use. Giving money to a nonprofit organization is no different than that process. You want to make sure that you're making an informed decision. And each one of us has our own barometer of what we feel should be, um, you know, our, our money should be spent in that way. And the best way for us to feel comfortable about that is to dig in and make sure our money is being spent in the best way possible. And so start a relationship with those nonprofits you want to support, get involved, give of your time as well as your your treasure. So Kate, one more time, what's the website for your association so people can get involved? utahnonprofits.org and at utahnonprofits on our social media. Thanks, Kate. Have a great holiday season. Appreciate you. Kate Rubicava of Utah Nonprofits Association. Do check the link in the show notes tonight, and tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. I hope you have some time to devote to this idea of giving locally, and there are some causes and some nonprofits that you want to support with some of your treasure. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. Coming up at 7, Democracy Now! Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm at 8, Michelle's Night Train at 10.30, and at 6 a.m., John Florence, he'll start your brand new day. You can find the last two weeks of any show on demand at krcl.org. Just click on the Programming tab. Now let's close the show with First Person, our occasional series where we pass the microphone to someone in the community to share their news, what they're up to, all in their own words. So let's pass that microphone one more time tonight. Hello, my name is Noah Shaw. I attend the Miller Family Boys and Girls Club. I go to Hillcrest Junior High in Murray, Utah. And I'm one of the nine youth ambassadors being able to represent the country and uh, just show people how after school is so important. So I was chosen by the After School Alliance and the After School Alliance is basically this program which selects a few young youth to basically just represent the after school program like as a whole and how much after school program is needed with teens and young adults. I am 14 years old and I've been attending the Miller Family Boys and Girls Club since I was four. I kind of took a break for a little bit and didn't go here as much. But uh, basically, you know, right now I come here around four o'clock, start working on homework, you know, get some work done and then hang out with friends, kind of just talk and just have simple conversations and kind of just like relate to people and just have fun here. I am in our boardroom right now where we hold our Keystone meetings, uh, which Keystone is basically a Boys and Girls Club program where we do community service and it's just a leadership program within the club. I want people to know how just important it is. And for example, me, it's really changed my life. I would have the skills, the progress, the amount of friendships that I do have within my Boys and Girls Club. And without the after, my after-school program being so important to me, uh, I would have been a completely different person. And I feel like that's why it's just so important. I feel like a lot of young adults could use after-school program. As a youth ambassador, um, I just represent 
after school program and work hard to, you know, get some representation so people learn more and are more educated towards after school programs. I'm just a very loud kid, a very extroverted kid that loves to hang out with friends, talk to people. Um, and so that's why I feel like the Boys and Girls Club is such a great place for me because I've made a lot of friendships here with many different people and I just love to build relationships. I want to leave everybody on KRCL with uh, a song named Happy by Pharrell Williams to make you feel better and feel happy. And I just love the song because it's kind of just an upbeat song that gets you, you know, excited for the day. I'm Noah Shaw. I'm a Hillcrest Junior High student, and I'm happy to be a youth ambassador. You got it, Noah. Thank you so much for being on our first person series. And folks, check tonight's show notes for a link to the Miller Boys and Girls Clubs here in Utah. Another great suggestion for Giving Tuesday tomorrow. My thanks to everyone on the show tonight. Uh, You all make it happen because this is Listener's Community Radio of Utah. I'm Laura Jones, and this has been Radioactive. Have a great night, everybody. And here you go, Noah. (laughs) 